already recording. So, I suppose we should probably get into it, shouldn't we? Let me close this door. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Hit the music. Welcome back to Backpack Digital. Oh, what's the intro again? Where we talk travel, uh, minimalism, uh, being a digital nomad, and the real most important things in life. Yes, he did it. Um, if you are in, let me check whether I am actually recording, by the way. <clears throat> yeah, that's right. We're already there. Um, I'm checking with the recording and I've just coughed. This is, I mean, honestly. There we go. Hold well on. Is that coming out of the right mic or coming in the right mic? Yes, it is. <laughs> Hello. If you're in Guatemala. Oh, no, I usually do cities, don't I? Oh, no, I don't know any cities in Guatemala. Ooh, should I bail out? Nah, let's just go Guatemala. I make the rules. If you're in Guatemala and you are trekking down a road, going somewhere from one place to the other, and you're walking down a road and you're listening to this podcast, if you are in, hmm, if you are in, let me think. It's just name a city of the world, that's it. If you're in Chicago, Illinois, United States of America, and you are on a bus, um, you're on a bus, that's me zipping up my pocket, going to, uh, where are you going, why are you on a bus nowadays? Uh, you're on a bus, you're going somewhere, you're going to go see some family, on a bus. <laughs> Then I would invite you to join me, Jesus Christ. I'm in uh, the same place. I'm in my house, my home uh, in Copacabana in Rio, in Brazil. It is a stormy day. It's uh, it's relatively cloudy. Yeah, that's right. That's how we're starting this podcast. What's the weather like? Yeah, it's relatively cloudy, which is it's, it's weird for Rio. That's why I'm saying it. There you go. Uh, but it is Sunday as of today. And... Uh, it's also uh, my son's, uh, I don't know what you'd call it. There's a word for it in Portuguese, but there isn't in English. What would the word be? So the word in Portuguese is mesversario, which is because your birthday is a aniversario, which is like anniversary, because an, ani is from year, isn't it? You know, per annum, per year. Uh, so <laughs> where's the versary come from? Controversy anniversary. What's the connection? Con means with. A controversy is with. Okay, never mind. Uh, so, <laughs> birth. It is. But that May's Versailles is a month, whatever versary means. It's a month celebration? No, because that means to celebrate with controversy. Uh, no, because it's contro, which means against. Against celebration. Ooh, there's something there. Anyway, uh, it's his month. Day. I, what do you call it? Month, birthday. It's his, still his birth. Every day is your birthday. <laughs> it's just a different. It's just not a year. Anyway, he's been alive for two months, right? <laughs> and they, they, they. That's a thing here, you know. It's your two month birthday. Never mind. Uh, that's lit. There's not. Even, I'm not even going to go on from that to say anything more interesting. That is the thing that I'm saying. So yeah, it's. <laughs> It's his two-month birthday. I'm just saying it like that. And no, there's no and. That's it. It's his two-month birthday, full stop. <laughs> uh, this is fun being back, by the way. 
uh, I've, I've been reading some of your messages. I've left some to read out for today. And, um, yeah, it's the, the, the support I've received, uh, upon coming back is, uh, is beautiful, man. It's really nice. A lot of people saying like, oh, I've, um, I've, I've listened to the season six, three times now or four times now, like a bunch of times. I've just re-listened to the whole, 50 episodes long. Like, so crazy, man. I love it. I love it. There's a lot of support and I absolutely love it. Uh, so thank you first off. And it's good to be back. And I can see by the statistics, not that I care that much about those things, but I can see the statistics that, uh, there was an absence of a year and most of you, either most of you are still here or there are new people. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, that's good. It's nice. And I appreciate it. Uh, and so today, oh, in fact, I've got two devices. I can actually probably do this more cool, more cool. That's right. Um, my grasp on the English language is fading, fading fast. Um, but that's okay. That's one of the perils of being bilingual. Um, <laughs> right then, this is me setting up a device. What you're listening to me, what you're listening to here is me setting up an iPad so I can, oh, there it goes. Uh, so I can read some things. Hello, by the way, if you're a new listener, this is the podcast. I, I feel like I'm saying that a lot, but like, it, it, it's like, has he forgotten to edit this part out? You know, things like that. You, you probably will be thinking quite a bit. Anyway, so <laughs> this episode has a theme, as you can tell by the title. I've talked about it before when people say like, Ooh, this episode's got this guest. You'll never guess who it is. He does this, this, and this. Ooh, who's it going to be? It's like, it's in the title, mate. Chill out. We know it's The Rock, you know? Uh, so, <laughs> so this episode, as you know, uh, in fact, I usually go, what's been happening? But okay, what has been happening in the last week? Uh, I've played an awful lot. We've both played an awful lot of Magic the Gathering. That's what's been happening. Uh, we've got a, if you, if anyone's seen on the Instagram, Instagram at Backpack Digital, then you've seen me stories. Uh, we've got candles, we've got big old mugs and chalices with dragons on them. Like my, my, my theory, and this is kind of almost a theory of life that I have is if you're going to do something, do it, you know, if you're not going to do it, don't do it, but don't do it a lot. <laughs> like really don't do it in boldened letters, you know? Uh, <laughs> what I mean by that is if I'm going to, and this is, this is a perfect analogy. Uh, if I'm going to have a McDonald's, which uh, I never do, but if I were to, then I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't say, yeah, I'll have, I'll have a Big Mac, no cheese. Cause I'm trying to be healthy. No, if you're having it, make it large, do it. You know what I mean? If you're having it, you might as well do it. Yeah. Am I wrong on that? I, I feel like that seems, that seems like. It makes sense because a lot of people, um, well, as a, as a generalization, uh, some people maybe uh, <laughs> would go, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do this, but I'll get a Diet Coke, you know, or I'll, I'll, I'll whatever, you know, uh, instead of a McFlurry, I'll have the little sachet of apples, whatever. Uh, it's like, why? I, you, you're, doing the, you're doing a bad thing, just do the bad thing, you know? Like, don't, don't try and make it less bad. Just enjoy it. Cause that's, a, that's what, okay. What you're getting out of eating McDonald's, which is a, which is a uh, metaphor, right? What you're getting out of eating that isn't nutrition, right? 
So the thing that you should be should, should be changing isn't nutrition to make it more healthy because it's not healthy, right? So what you're getting out of it is enjoyment and fun and everything that they uh, put into our heads in the 90s. That is what you're getting <laughs> getting out of it, you know? So you want to make that as much as possible. If that's what you're getting from it, you want to mine all of that that you can. And you don't do that by taking away the cheese. <laughs> this sounds like we had a McDonald's and I had an argument with someone about taking cheese off. That's not true. Um, so you don't get that by taking the cheese off, you know, or by having a little sachet of apples. That's not how you increase the fun, which is the main thing that you're mining from this experience. So, and that metaphor can work with, with anything, especially bad things that you're doing, you know, maybe it's, is this a bad way to live? I don't feel like it is, but like, and obviously there's, there's like a, a limit, you know, it's like, oh, if you enjoy playing Grand Theft Auto, why not do it in real life? You know, <laughs> like, um, so yeah, obviously there's a limit, but like, I feel like there's something there, you know, I feel like that kind of makes sense. You know, if you're having a cake, don't make it gluten free, just have a cake, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, what was I originally talking about? Uh, what was that? Oh yeah, Magic the Gathering. Uh, so if we're playing Magic the Gathering, right, uh, this is, it's actually, it's a completely different point, but if we're playing Magic the Gathering, I, I'm all about ambience. Ambience makes it, okay? Uh, so why am I going to another metaphor? Why don't I just talk about the thing? Okay, I'm going to another metaphor. Okay, so uh, if, if, I, if we're having a, a romantic evening or whatever, right? Imagine, okay, imagine you're having a romantic uh, meal with your partner, right? Or not your partner, if you're doing the bad thing. <laughs> then, um, <laughs> then you have the meal, right? But the meal is not the thing. Like, no one has a romantic meal and then, oh, how was your romantic meal with Jeff? Uh, yeah, it was good. We had, we had meatballs. And I'll tell you what, those meatballs were second to none. I mean, of all, these meatballs, you know, it's like, no, that's not the thing. That's not the thing. The thing is the connection between the people, okay? So you don't want to do things that will heighten the food. You don't want to spend your time saying, right, I want to, I want to be putting in thyme, rosemary. Right? I, I don't want <laughs> You don't want to spend your time making the meatballs better. You want to spend your time making the ambience better so that you can, because what you're mining is the connection. That's what you're getting out of this. You know, you're not getting, mm, that was a lovely meal. You're getting, we had such a good connection, right? So what do you do? You don't spend time on the meatballs. That's not going to raise the connection. It doesn't matter what you eat. You could eat at McDonald's. Stick the cheese on there. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, what's the thing? Uh, <laughs> so, oh no, I've stopped. I've stopped. Maybe if I carry on walking and pacing, it will come back to me. Uh, yeah, so you want to, it did, uh, <laughs> you want to uh, grow that connection. So what do you do? You change the ambience, you know? You get some good music on there, you know? You got some Corinne Bailey Ray in the background. Now you're making a connection, you know what I'm saying? You Maybe you maybe you build a playlist that starts with a little bit of, like I said, Corinne Bailey Ray. Uh, very, very good. And then morphs over time right? You're going through level 42. Yeah. Aren't you? You go, you go in, it gets, I mean, it's getting a little bit darker outside. The candles are are flickering a little bit brighter because it's darker outside. And that's when it morphs into a bit of Christa Berg, right? You got a bit of Christa Lady in red, right? Uh, That's not the key. And, uh, (laughs) and then it gets a little bit darker. It, it morphs Christa, Christa Berg, uh, through taking taking a little bit of detour through George Michael, right? In a, in a sense, so to speak. 
uh, and then nicely ending up in your Barry White, right? So you've <laughs> what you've done there is you've put, you've put a bit more effort into making the thing that you're trying to get out of the situation, that sounds bad, uh, with the Barry White comment, uh, the, the, the connection, you've put a little bit of effort in, but you put it in the right places, you know? What was this point? Um, yeah, so <laughs> my point is we've been playing Magic the Gathering and we have playlists and music pre-battle, post-battle, like uh, we have candles, we've got everything. We're not just going to play it on the... And kitchen table is actually a, a word in Magic the Gathering, but we're not just going to play it on the kitchen table with the lights on, uh, you know what I mean, listening to Krista Berg. That's not when you listen to Krista Berg, you know? A nice, smooth game of magic. Lady in red, you know? Uh, <laughs> so I don't know what my point was, but we've been playing a lot of Magic the Gathering. We've been putting a lot of effort in to make it cool. And, um, and that's what we've done, and it's been fun. There are metaphors there. Please feel free to make your own connections. <laughs> now, let's try and forge. Nah, should we move on? Should we move on? Or should we try and forge at least one travel-based metaphor from it? Shall we? Uh, yeah, let's. Okay. You go to India, okay? You go to India and you think, I'm just going to go to India and I'm going to, uh, I can stay in this hotel here because I know hotels. I'm from Chicago, Illinois, and I know what hotels are. I'm going to go there. When I'm in the hotel, oh, there's a subway just down the road. Not the thing that you get in and you go to a different place. I mean, the sandwich shop. So I'll get a sandwich from the sandwich shop. That is, yes, you're being in India in the same way that you're playing Magic the Gathering while listening to Krista Berg. Yes, you're in India in the same way that you're, uh, you're having a romantic meal, uh, but there's no candles and Slayer is on, right? But, <laughs> but you're not fully there. You are there, but you're not fully doing everything you can to mine what you want out of this situation. You know, what do you want out of being in India? Well, you're in a different place. It's a completely different culture. Why not immerse yourself in that culture? You know, why have a subway? You know, go get other stuff. <laughs> There's your metaphor. He brought it round. Let's get on to the topic. There's nothing else I've been doing this week. <laughs> Looking at vans. Looking at a lot of vans. Uh, that's about it. <sighs> okay. Let's check if it's still recording, because I, I have this fear. I have a fear that it's not recording, so I'm going to check. Uh, it certainly seems to be, so that's good. Okay, <clears throat> this is why my son will travel, whether he likes it or not. It's a, a, bit, of a bit of a funny title I've got in there, you know. Don't read too much into that. Um, <laughs> so, this is a bunch of stuff, a bunch of reasons. There's actually quite a lot. Uh, I've listed them out. I've done this before in the past, I listed stuff out so I can talk about it. Uh, so let's begin. I mean, uh, <laughs> I was just trying to make such a stupid point. Like I hate those articles that start like, it's an article of like uh, how to fix this loading screen on uh, your Mac. And then it starts with uh, Apple Macs are made by Apple computer. And it's like, dude, I, I know this, you know, <laughs> or it's like, uh, why is Conor McGregor being arrested? And like, Conor McGregor is a UFC star. It's like, I know who, just give me the information. Uh, however, I was about to make that, that point, but we're like 20 minutes in and I haven't even started yet. So <laughs> I do see the irony. Let's begin. So why my son will travel? He's done it again. Why my son will travel? Let's go with number one. There is no numbers and I'll, I'll forget the numbers, but number first one. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to read what I've got here. Breaks the grooves 
of location-based... This is a weird way to... I type weirdly. Breaks the grooves of location-based default destiny and doesn't just present static 9 to 5 as the only option. Okay, that does kind of make sense. Now, uh, I was thinking about this because of a a, a little image that I saw uh, on Instagram. There's this thing called Daily Dad, which is just a little bit, a little dose of, what's it called? Um, I don't know, wisdom, I suppose. And it said, it's your kid's job to figure out what they want to do in life. Your job is to open their eyes and expose them to all the possibilities life has to offer. Now, to preface this, I've been thinking a lot about this theory of mine, of um, what I'm calling default destiny. Okay. So, uh, I think everyone's default destiny is mm, not everyone's is different, but yeah, it's slightly different. Anyway, it depends where you come from and the culture that you grow up in, uh, really does kind of, uh, go towards this. Okay. So it's not everyone's, uh, okay. Your default destiny is if you did nothing to steer yourself into a specific direction in life, where would you end up? You know, if you didn't intervene with the universe affecting your life, where would you end up? Where is it likely that you would end up? Okay. So uh, initially we're thinking, ah, I'd be in a cubicle, uh, you know, working in telesales and whatever, but that's not everyone's uh, yeah, that might be popular, but that's not everyone's default destiny. That's not mine, you know? Uh, So my default destiny, let's do an example. Mine uh, if I didn't intervene in any way uh, in my life to try and move me to different places and, and you know, go, uh, have a different style of life and all these other things, right? If I didn't intervene, then it is likely that I would have a van. I would definitely have a van. I'd probably be a painter and decorator, I would imagine. Um, and this is going off the culture where I grew up and everything like that. I'd probably be a painter and decorator. I'd have a van. I'd be working eight till six, Monday to Saturday, probably. Uh, I'd have a couple of kids by now. Uh, I'd live in Telford, obviously, but probably Priorsley. Um, and I'd have a car and I'd also have two cars that I'm fixing, but won't probably won't be fixed. (laughs) And, uh, and stuff like that. Yeah, so that's my default destiny. That's what I would. That's what I would be doing if I didn't intervene. So, have a think about what yours is, because a lot of people's are different. It, it may be the cubicle. You know, if you're in Chicago, Illinois, it may be the cubicle. If you live in Rio, and you live, um, I mean, if you live just down the road in one of the favelas, your your default destiny isn't to have a van and work eight till six painting and decorating. You know, and it's also not to work in a cubicle. It's incredibly different. So that's default destiny. That's, if you didn't intervene, that's what it would be. Okay. And yeah, it's weird. Like, um, before I moved here to Brazil, uh, in search of, uh, well, in search of cat, uh, there, uh, it was new year and there was this girl, right? There's always a girl. Uh, and I was just talking about this actually on a podcast, which would it be out? No, it won't be out by the time you'll hear this. I'll talk about that next week. Yeah. Um, so I was just talking about this. I was just interviewed on a podcast, but yeah, there was this girl and she represented my default destiny. She was, tell you what, she was the woman. She was my wife in my default destiny. Right. Cause I, I know what the wife would be like. You can, you can probably draw. Okay. This is what my wife would be like in my default destiny. Uh, and she was it, you know? And 
that's why there was something quite alluring about it. I mean, she wasn't incredibly cute, but um, there was something quite alluring about it because, uh, I don't know, it's weird. It's like half of your brain thinks, well, that's who I should be with, you know? Like, and I think this, this happens with our brain quite a lot when we make these decisions or should I travel? This is what it, half your brain says, this is what you should be doing, you know? This is what happens in your culture. This is what your parents did. This is what your brother's doing. This is This is what you should be doing. Therefore, your brain goes, okay, well, I feel pulled towards that then, you know? And, uh, and I did feel pulled towards it. <laughs> and <laughs> sounds so bad. Uh, but sometimes it takes strength to uh, not listen to that part of your brain and go against it because you know that that's what you want to do. You know, I have sampled my default destiny a lot of times. You know, I have worked uh, eight till six, uh, six hours, a uh, six days a week, you know? I've sampled that. I've had a van. Uh, I've done painting and decorating for years. I know what that is, you know? And I know that that's not what I want. So I knew that at that point I had to make a choice and I had to go to Brazil to come and find the life that I now have, okay? Um, we still haven't gone to my son. <laughs> uh, so that's what I mean by default destiny. Okay. Uh, so now, now you know that what I mean, uh, we can read this again and see what it says. Breaks the grooves. This is why, what travel does. Travel breaks the grooves of location-based default destiny and doesn't just pre present static 95 as the only option. Okay. So the grooves, obviously, we can think of a vinyl record. It's very easy to, to I've said this a billion times before, very, it's your, your mind and your body and everything wants to just stick to the grooves. That's what it wants to do. It doesn't want to change because that's safety. That's, that's just how your brain is. Uh, and so you have to present a way to get out of those grooves in order to get away from your default destiny. That's what it is, right? And so traveling is a huge way to do this because your culture and uh, your location are two of the biggest things uh, that will... Uh, that will steer you towards your default destiny. They're the two of the biggest things. Like when I'm back in England, I'm thinking, yeah, I could pick up the brush. You know, I'm looking at houses like, I could definitely live there. <laughs> you know, oh, it's got a fence in the, I could paint that fence. You know, it's like when I'm there, uh, it, it's, it's so much stronger. You know, imagine you are back in, yeah, imagine you're in India, you're in Bombay. Uh, no, okay, let's try this another way. Imagine you're from uh, Chicago, Illinois again. And uh, your default destiny is uh, to have a lovely townhouse and, and everything like this and the kids and the, you know, an Alsatian dog walking the park, you know. Uh, <laughs> but you don't want that. Imagine you don't want that. And this is another thing. It's perfectly fine to go with your default destiny. It's absolutely fine. Like my brother's doing that and he loves it. There is nothing wrong with that, you know. It's just if you don't want to do that, you know, then that's also fine. So, uh, and then imagine you're the Chicago person and you're now in Bombay. And everything, ah, oh, there's cars whizzing past, boop, you know, cars whizzing past, there's monkeys stealing the fruit. Um, now you're, you're, it's unlikely that you're thinking, ah, oh, I could get a townhouse either downtown or in, in the West Village. It's like, nah, if you take yourself out of the location, it becomes a whole lot easier to get yourself out of those grooves if you don't want that default destiny, you know. Uh, so that's the location bit about it and the culture as well. You know, if you're around everyone, including your family and everyone, you know, 
they know that this is the right way to live. You know, maybe you're from a, an incredibly conservative state or, or even liberal state, you know, whatever, or uh, not so much state, but say village or town, right? Say you're from San Francisco, right? Uh, no, okay. Say you're from, I don't know what a conservative state or town or anything is. Uh, say you're from a conservative town and everyone there is like, it's in the middle of nowhere. And everyone's like, no, no we're conservative. This is it. This is what we believe. It's likely that you will believe that too. Uh, you know, like regardless of, of everything, it's likely that you will believe that too. Just like if you were born in the Middle East, it's likely you're probably Muslim. You know what I'm saying? So it's likely that you will, uh, you'll be conservative if you grow up in a conservative town. And then if you move to uh, San Francisco, do you reckon it's uh, more likely that you would probably see the other side a bit more and then, and then maybe start thinking about those things a little uh, differently? I do think it's likely. So if you take yourself out of the culture and into a different culture, it opens your mind to, to different possibilities, which, uh, which if we bring it back to the daily dad thing, it's a kid's job to figure out what they want to do in life. Your job is to open their eyes and expose them to all the possibilities life has to offer. Travel exposes you to these things. It exposes you to, okay, so I don't just have to do one thing. I don't just have to be a decorator. I can do anything, you know? I can be anything. That's what it opens you up to, you know? I can, I can uh, live in Africa building houses for people. Of course I can do that, you know? I could move to San Francisco and work in a tech company. Of course you can, you know? But if you're still, if you're living in, uh, you know, if you're living in a tiny town and everyone does, does the same thing, everyone has the same culture, you probably won't think that, you know? So that's the first one. Christ, that took a long time. <laughs> okay. Secondly... Secondly, uh, you will have, or he will have, uh, if he travels, which he will, he will have a more global perspective. Now, he's got a bit of a leg up with this because he'll have a bit more of a global perspective anyway with his parents being from two different cultures. Uh, so, uh, so he's got a bit of a leg up there. But uh, what I see a lot of is people, uh, what would you call it? I guess it would be home bias, maybe. That's what you call it in the financial world. But um, but like thinking that, okay, uh, I can't think of any uh, examples, but this is happening in my country and it's such a massive deal. Oh no, what are we going to do about this? And then you can quite easily say, hold on though, um, because this thing that is a million times worse is happening in a country that borders you, <laughs> you know? And it's like... Uh, it puts stuff into perspective, you know? And I've talked about this before about Kim Kardashian. If she, uh, I don't know, uh, if her phone breaks, to her, that's an eight out of 10 on the suffering scale, right? Probably, I don't know. Um, but then if you go to someone who has, who doesn't have very easy access to water, you're having your phone, they don't even have a phone. So <laughs> having your phone break is not an eight out of 10. Having said that, uh, pain and suffering... Uh, weirdly, is also quite subjective. So if you are, if you are experiencing an 8 out of 10, right, if Kim Kardashian is experiencing that 8 out of 10, she's not, it's not like she's actually experiencing a 1 out of 10. In her mind, she is experiencing a 10, a, a, an 8 out of 10. So it's, there, there's a way that pain and suffering is, is subjective. I can't remember my point, but <laughs> having a global perspective on these things, I think is important. 
because that's exactly what it does. It gives you that perspective, you know, like, um, uh, well, it kind of goes into, uh, there's another one I've got here, uh, appreciation and gratitude with a built-in sense of empathy. So th- that kind of, that's all built in really, you know, if you have been, uh, if you've been to a third world con- country and you've seen people there, uh, in dire straits, you've seen people in a, a position that's a lot worse than your own. Not only does that immediately give you gratitude, uh, even if you don't want it, immediately gives you gratitude for what you have and your life. And, uh, it gives you an appreciation more so of your life and what you have, which is, I think an incredibly good thing to have because if, uh, let's bring Kim Kardashian in, uh, if she did travel the world, which I'm sure she does, but if she did travel the world and go to and see people in dire straits and see people with lives that are significantly, uh, more, uh, they have significantly more suffering than her, than she does, then I doubt her phone breaking would still be an eight out of 10. Do you know what I'm saying? So that brings her down into a more real, uh, kind of suffering matrix, you'd call it, I suppose. Uh, you know, so it gives you that, it gives you that perspective, you know? So if something bad happens to you, you can then go, okay. And it's not as easy as going, oh, well, this bad thing has happened, but people are dying in the world. So I guess I'm all right. It doesn't work like that. Right. But it does, it does, it does give you that perspective, which I think is very important because then you don't overreact to things or whatever. Like, oh, this thing is happening. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to anyone ever. You know, it's like, no, calm down. You know, it's like, uh, and hmm, say the controversial thing or don't say the controversial thing. Um, <laughs> I see, Ooh, should he? Yeah, yeah, I'll do it. I don't care. Uh, so I see, it's not even that controversial. I see a lot of Americans saying, our president is the worst president in the world. Have you seen how bad he is? I'm not saying he's good. Uh, have you seen how bad our president is? Oh my God, he's so bad. He's the worst president. He's killing people, right? <laughs> I know I just said that in a mocking tone, but <laughs> and again, I'm not saying he's good. Uh, however, that's something I, I would say is, uh, just look at Brazil. Like, just take a just take a quick look at Brazilians pres, Brazil's president, and just see how, how how objectively worse he is. You know, um, and, and then you can go with Brazil. Oh, our president is terrible, and again, he is. You know, uh, and then you go. Okay, let's look at a different Rwanda. You know, like this is what I'm saying. A global perspective is a very good thing to have. Because then you, you don't think, and it works the other way. You don't think, oh, this thing that's happening in my country, or oh, my country is the best at this. My country is the worst at this. It's not about your country, man. Like, just like it's not about your town or your house or your uh, state or your county. It's not about that, man. It is a bit, but it's also not a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's about the world, man. Like, it's, I don't know, it's very easy to want to, for example, pump your money into something that is a very good cause, but then is that the best cause to pump your money into? Like, what about, we're, we're a global community, you know? Anyway, so a global perspective, that is a very good thing to have while traveling. Uh, and the built-in sense of empathy as well, that comes in with that, which is a very nice thing to have. Okay, next thing that he will have, having traveled, is... I've talked about this before as well, and I think it's so important, uh, confidence. I'll always remember uh, getting a message. I remember I was in Turkey, 
and got a message from the podcast from a listener. And it said, uh, it said, uh, I'm not very, I can't, I'm paraphrasing. I'm not a very confident person. So I'm going to be going into this hostel and I don't want to just be, uh, I, I don't know how to talk to people. I, I don't know, um, you know, how do I start the conversation? What if no one talks to me? And this is obviously the hallmarks of something, someone with not a lot of confidence. Okay. And, um, and I remember saying, if you just like everyone there is for you, <laughs> which is a weird way to say it, but everyone there will be your friend. Like that's what they're there for, you know, like they're, they also want that, you know, so they're, they're open and willing and ready for you to talk to them. All you just need to do is start it and then boom, you're done. That's it. But saying it is very different to doing it, especially if you haven't been in that position before. Uh, so the confidence that you will get from, there's two different things, from talking to people and just doing that new thing of just talking to someone you don't know, talking to strangers, you know, <laughs> like that alone will build your confidence massively, build his confidence massively. But then doing things or planning things and then doing things that, hmm, that seem difficult. For example, uh, for example, uh, riding a motorcycle from the north to the south of Vietnam or whatever. That is like, okay, I'm going to do this thing. And then you do the thing and then, uh, and then you've done it. And that gives you the confidence. Okay. I know now that I am a person that is at least strong enough to ride a motorcycle from the North to South of Vietnam. I know that my strength is at least this, uh, to this point, you know? And, uh, oh, yeah, it, I think mainly it's the talking to people, you know? Mainly it's the talking to people and it's the opening up new conversations and then a, a social type of confidence, you know, that will definitely arise from travel, man. That is, that's just what happens. You know, you've met someone that traveled the world. It's unlikely that they're going to be, not going to be confident. <laughs> you know? So that's another one, which actually brings me into another one, which is it travel proves that if you have an idea and you work towards it, you can make it happen. All right. So let's go back to the, uh, to the biking from uh, in Vietnam. That all starts with an idea. Everything starts with an idea, man. So you say, okay, I'm going to go to Hanoi and I'm going to buy a bike and I'm going to ride it from the north to the south and I'll figure out the rest in between and it will happen and I will arrive in Ho Chi Minh and that's what will happen. Let me just check that I'm still recording because something's happening on my phone. It's happening. Hello. Yes, I am. Cool. 35 minutes. <laughs> yeah. So you make that plan and then you implement that plan and then you do arrive in Ho Chi Minh. You remember yourself saying, having the idea and saying, if I do this plan and it all goes correctly, uh, I will arrive here and I will have done it, you know? And so the first time you do that, it's going to be difficult because you're going to doubt yourself. You, you've never maybe you've never made a plan and, and actioned it and implemented it. And you don't have the proof to yourself that it, that you will follow through on it maybe, you know, but then the first time that you do, you know, even if it's as, something as simple as, okay, I will save uh, a grand and I'll buy a tent and I'll uh, get on a ferry and I'll go to France and I'll camp for three days and then I'll come home. I don't know why you need a grand for that. I'll camp for a, a month and then I'll come home while camping and I'll hitch up, whatever. Uh, no, I've made that too big now. Uh, <laughs> even if it's just, I'll spend these next six weeks saving money and then I'll do something with that. Even if it's not travel-based, you know, as long as you 
do that and you make the plan and then you follow through on it and you reach the end goal, you have now taught yourself that you're someone to be trusted, right? You've taught yourself that you, not only that you're someone to be trusted with following out plans, right? Which you now are because, oh, this guy does what he says he's going to do, you say about yourself, you know? So not only do you now trust yourself that you can follow through, but you have proven to yourself that if you plan something and actually work towards it and you keep working towards it, it will happen, right? Whether that's true all the time or not, that's what you've proven to yourself. You know, I, 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 I've taken these six weeks and I have saved this money. Yes, it was tough, but I toughed it out and I did it. Now I'm at the end and I have shown myself that if I stick my head down and I get it done, it will happen. If I work, it will happen. That is a very good thing to learn. And that is something that you can learn from travel, you know, in, in so many ways, in so many ways, you know, uh, even the, even the micro stuff, you know, oh man, that's a really big one. That is a really big one. Like just in life. Cause imagine how much that helps you in life, man. I, if you have an idea and work towards it, you can make it happen. Imagine knowing, check this out. Imagine knowing that if you have an idea Okay. And then you work towards it. Imagine knowing that it will happen. Not that it might happen, but it will. Okay. So like, imagine the ideas that you would then have. You can think of anything. All right. This is an imaginary world, almost, where any idea you have, as long as you work towards it, will happen. Not just might, but will. This is an imaginary world. Okay. What would you do? What would you do? You could have the idea, okay, uh, I will... I don't know, I will build a new uh, type of computer and call it orange and uh, <laughs> the orange jacket, uh, Apple Mac and uh, Kagool. Uh, <laughs> and I will then market it and it will become the next Steve Jobs. Okay, that's it's an imaginary world, so that's fine. Uh, and now you know that if you have the idea, which we just had, and you work towards it, it will happen. There might be a lot of work creating the orange Kagool. Uh, but Kagool is a type of jacket, by the way, like a Mac, Macintosh. Uh, <laughs> it might, yeah, of course, it might be a lot of work. It might be your life's work, but you know in this imaginary world that it will happen. So if that's something you really want, if you really want to make the orange Kagool, uh, then you know it will happen. So that's an imaginary world, right? But now in the back in the real world, every time you you have an idea and then you work towards it and then you make it happen. You reinforce that thing, that, uh, that, uh, that knowing that we had in the imaginary world, whether it's true or not, like whether, whether, whether it's, it will happen or it might happen, you still reinforce that belief that it will happen, you know, whether it's true or not. So that's why it's so important because the more you reinforce that, the more we begin to live in that imaginary world, which sounds like a bad thing, but it's definitely not, <laughs> you know? So he'll learn that through traveling, man. Okay. What else have we got next? What is he going to learn from traveling? Why will he travel? Well, because he's told to, but you know, uh, <laughs> the next thing he will learn from traveling, the next reason he should travel is he will learn so many skills. It's all about skills, man. Like, if we go back to, we have the idea and then we work on it and then it happens. The middle part of that is the hardest part. Like that's the 90%. The idea is easy. The it happening isn't even a thing. So it's 90% is work. What's work? Utilization of skills, you know? 
So imagine when you're traveling, how many skills you actually need and the necessity of the skills is how you learn them, obviously, you know, like you don't go, maybe you do, but more often than not, you don't go, oh, I'm going to learn, uh, I'm going to learn, uh, Swedish, you know, I'm going to learn how to say, uh, what time is it in Swedish? You don't just think one day that you're going to learn that. However, if you're in Sweden and you're going to go to a meeting and then your phone has died and then your watch is the wrong time, it's still on, you know, US time and then everything is, and then you go, oh no, what time is it? I need to know what time is it? it is. That's when it's, that's when you start to learn what time is it in Swedish, you know? So uh, necessity is the mother of learning uh, in this case. <laughs> so... Uh, so think about if you're in all these different uh, scenarios and travel, which that's what I think travel is, just putting you in a bunch of different scenarios. Like it's like you're going into an alternate universe kind of uh, warp hole. It's like you enter the warp hole and all that happens inside the warp hole is a bunch of different scenarios. That's it. And then you can step out and then, whew, okay, back home. And then do I want to go into this wormhole again, warp hole, whatever I called it, um, and have another bunch of different scenarios? Yes, I do. And then you go into it. And then you, every time you come out of that wormhole, warp hole, whatever I called it, uh, you will have these new skills because you had to deal with all those scenarios. You know, that's how it works. So, I mean, let's think, what skills do you learn from traveling? Think about yourself. What skills do you now have that if you hadn't traveled, you wouldn't have? Now, it could be a language, right? It could be orienteering uh, on a map, right? Uh, trying to get from one place to the other. What's the, what's the best way? It could, be, uh, it could be how you look at weather and it could be an understanding of, of how uh, rain uh, precipitation moves across. You know, it could be that because you, you've traveled on a motorcycle and you need to know when it's raining. So you've been looking at the, um, I can't remember the word for it, maps. Not climatology, but like that. Um, yeah, it could be anything to do with that, you know? Uh, it could be cooking, uh, and you've never cooked before and you could now learn the skill of cooking because you are staying in hostels and you haven't got enough money to eat out at restaurants or anything like that. So you have to buy simple ingredients, simple real food ingredients and then cook them. And then because you've been doing that for two weeks, you think, hold on, I should probably make this taste nice because I'm going to eat this for the next month. So then you begin to learn how to make things taste nice. Not because you have a passion for cooking or anything like that, but because you have to, because otherwise, you, because you can't eat uh, pasta with tomato soup and, <laughs> and tuna anymore. You need to add in some stuff, you know? Uh, so there's some there's some skills that you will learn just through traveling because you have to put yourself in the positions in order to need to learn the skills in order to learn them, you know? So all of those skills that you learn through traveling, that's what he'll get through traveling. <laughs> Such a funny sentence, but yeah, t- totally true. So that's that one. Uh, I started this already having had caffeine, by the way. I don't know whether you can tell. <sighs> okay. <clears throat> Next. There's only a couple more. The next reason that he should, he will travel <laughs> is that it will give him an education. Now, I'm not saying that we're not going <laughs> to educate him, but, uh, okay, here's a question. <clears throat> Americans. Yeah, yeah, you guys, Americans. How many wives did Henry VIII have? Right, you probably know, okay? Name his wives... <laughs> <laughs> that's where it gets, you probably, I don't know, maybe you can, maybe you can. 
Uh, now, English people, name his wives. You can probably name more, right? That's my point with that. <laughs> it's like American people, I don't know how many, how many you can name, but English people, you can probably name more because that's what we learn in school. Don't know why, but that's what we learn in school. We learn about Henry VIII, you know, because he's English and that's English uh, education. Uh, it's a bit different because in England we do have a more um, global approach to uh, learning, but I'm just going to put that in there, you know, that's okay. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, the same goes for, you can do that with any country. I've just picked uh, US and, I mean, who's uh, who's the president of Brazil? Does anyone know? Anyone? <laughs> uh, those of you that are obviously educated will know, and I'm not saying that you're uneducated if you don't know. Oh, dear. <laughs> what I'm saying is uh, education in... Uh, in static places has boundaries because they, and it's no, through no fault of their own, they can't, you can't just do a world education in, in every single country. Maybe you can, but that's a lot of stuff, man. Like, even if we just think about history, that's a lot of stuff that's gone on in the world, man. You know? Uh, so if you, I mean, think not, just think not, who the hell am I? Uh, think not about... <laughs> Just about history. Let's think about um, politics, something I don't think is very important. But, <laughs> oh, good. Uh, but, yeah, politics. What do you know about your own country? Probably quite a bit. What do you know about someone else's country? Probably not a lot. All right. Is it handy to know? Probably, because we go back to the perspective thing, you know? Uh, geography, same thing, you know? I mean... <laughs> that's, I don't want to pick on Americans. I'm sorry, you guys, but there are videos out there uh, about uh, the link between Americans and knowing world geography. And I know you guys aren't part of that demographic because you guys like travel and you guys know travel and you are travelers and you know your stuff. And also you're educated people. And mine, might I say pretty sexy as well. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, what was I saying? <laughs> uh, so yeah, sociology. What's it like in your place? You probably learned that in school. What's it like in someone else's place? Who knows? Go there, you'll find out, you know? So travel will give you an education on all of these things, just like in, in a way that no schooling will, you know? Like, uh, okay, what's it like in Africa? Okay, uh, okay. Uh, maybe a lot of people don't have a lot of water. What does that look like? What does that look like? When you go to build a house in Africa, as people do, what do you build it out of? Is it tin? Is it bricks? <laughs> like, what does that look like? Okay, now, the people that have been to Africa, among you, what does that look like? You know, you can probably tell us even a lot more. Who's the president? <laughs> I know Africa's a continent. Uh, so, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It gives you that hands-on education. And being worldly, I think, is something that's important because it goes back to all those things, man, about, uh, about perspective and things like that. Like, imagine, I don't know, man, imagine if you've been to every country and you, you spend your time in each of those countries learning about it, learning about the history, learning about the, the social uh, aspects of it, learning everything about, uh, about everything about the country. And you've done that with every single country, right? Would your, would your opinions on things, on anything, be different than if you hadn't done that? Probably. Would they be more grounded? Would they be more... Uh, uh, global, I suppose, have more perspective? Yes, definitely. You know, it's a good education to have. It really is. I mean, uh, you could even go, go further with that into, um, art, poetry, everything like that. You know, uh, you could go, uh, I don't know, you could go to Spain and see all the things about Lord Byron, you know, if we're thinking poetry and you could, 
Imagine that you could go to uh, Baltimore and um, and have a look at all the Edgar Allan Poe stuff. Like, just that type of stuff. That's an education. That's, it's like every day is a field trip is what it's like, you know? Like, how much do you know about uh, about the Greeks and the Spartans, right? Uh, we've all seen 300, right? They, they had abs. That's how much we know. Um, <laughs> but then imagine if your school did a field trip to Thermopylae. Thermopylae? Thermopylae? Don't know. Um, see, maybe if I'd gone there, I'd, I'd know. Uh, you know, imagine if you had a field trip there. You'd know everything about it. Imagine the field trips, or remember the field trips that, you, that you've been on in school. You know, maybe you went to the, what's it called? Haven't been there, you can probably tell. Big rocks, not aliens, probably. Recently found it that, it, that they brought the rocks from Wales. Uh, Stonehenge. 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 Uh, <laughs> Spinal tap. Uh, what was I saying? Yeah, maybe you went there in a, in a field trip and maybe you learned a lot more about Stonehenge uh, than if you hadn't gone on that field trip. You know what I'm saying? Every day is a field trip. A good zap for education, you know? So that's what he's going to get. Okay, uh, almost finally, penultimately, uh, <laughs> uh, in travel, because we sure as hell ain't going to fund it, right? That's not how it works. Like, yeah, we want him to get into travel, but... We ain't going to be paying for it. You know what I mean? We ain't going to be like, all right, son, here's like five grand. Go around the world, have fun. It's like, yeah, that is actually a pretty good investment for our money, but uh, I don't see us doing that because that's not, that's, again, going back to culture. That's not my culture style. We don't do that, man. There's no, there's no handouts, um, which is a good thing. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, I don't want to do that. Anyway, so uh, I, I think it is a good thing if he if he works and for a year and saves up the money to then go traveling for two months or three months or whatever. That's such a better thing than just being handed the money and going. Everyone knows that, right? Everyone knows that. Uh, so my point here is that when he's traveling, he probably won't have a lot of money to travel, you know, and he'll probably do it the way that we maybe uh, a lot of us started, which is. Hostels, trains, uh, Air Asia, <laughs> Ryanair, um, and uh, <clears throat> and the aforementioned pasta tuna and uh, and tomato soup, uh, and more hostels, twenty bed dorms. Anyone ever been in a twenty bed dorm? They're fun, aren't they? Um, <laughs> you know, you know that you're um, that you're trying to save money when you go. Should I splurge and get a four bed dorm? Like that is, that is a question I've often asked myself. Like, hmm, if I spend a bit more, I can just get a four bed dorm. That'd be amazing. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> I want him to, to go through that, to go, Ooh, I could go to the 10 bed dorm or if I spend $2 more, it's the four bed. Is that worth the $2? And my point, I've thought that so many times. And my point with that is it's not an easy life. You know, I don't think it's a good thing. Sorry, I get so put off here. Um, we live right next to the beach in Copacabana. And the problem with that uh, is there are many, many women just walking down the road in, uh, I guess what you'd call bathing suits. I guess what you'd call bikinis, but there's not, there's not. Like, I feel like it needs 30% more fabric to be called a bikini, but like, it's difficult, man. Like, yes, I've got me missus and I've got me kid, but I'm still a man, man, you know? So it just puts me off, you know? 
I'm saying is, I want him to have real problems. Like this problem of looking out my window and seeing too many hot birds. <laughs> no, uh, I, want, I, I don't think it's a good idea to have a perfectly easy life. Everyone knows that that is the case. If you have a perfectly uh, simple and soft life, what do you turn into? That's right, a perfectly simple and soft person. Okay, so <laughs> I think you have to struggle uh, in travel and in life in order to become someone of value, which sounds like a strange thing to say. But the struggle is the way. The obstacle is the way, you know? So travel isn't an easy life, you know? It's not. Uh, however much these people on Instagram uh, would... Again, I'm on Instagram. I'm a person. But uh, however much people would like you to believe, it's not all beaches. It's not all uh, museums. It's not all botanical gardens. You know what I'm saying? Like... <laughs> The, uh, I mean, the majority of it is, should I spend this extra $2 on having a four-bed dorm and not a 10-bed dorm? It is being awake in the middle of the night and, and realizing that you didn't buy any uh, earplugs from the front desk. And you go, oh, I, do I use my earphones? And, and then downloading a white noise app in the middle of the night because you can't sleep because the 55-year-old guy that's been drinking all day is snoring so hard. That is travel. For me, that's a lot of travel and I love it. Um, so I want him to experience that, you know, I want him to experience that. It makes you a more rounded person, you know? So finally he'll love it. Like having said all of that about how tough it can be. And it is sometimes the, the, um, uh, you're traveling in a van and the van breaks down. What do you do? Sometimes you travel in a bike and you come off the bike, you know, uh, anything can happen. Sometimes your passport and your wallet and your phone and all of your belongings get stolen. Sometimes your entire bag with your life in it gets stolen, right? Sometimes things are incredibly uh, terrible, but he'll love it. You'll, you'll still go back for more. All you people, you people, uh, all you people that have had things stolen before, have had your passport stolen, your bag stolen, have had terrible times on the road where you just broke down and go, what am I doing here? I should be in Chicago, Illinois with a fence and a dog and an Alsatian walking to the park. What am I doing here? Uh, <laughs> all you people that have had those uh, situations, you've returned to travel, haven't you? You know, you've gone again. You're listening to a travel podcast right now. So <laughs> you must love it, right? So that's what he'll get out of it. He'll love it. So those are the reasons that he'll travel. And he will travel. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, having said that, he'll be traveling. Uh, he'll be taking his first flight uh, in like, what are we now? September, end of September. Uh, in like two months, two and a half months. So he's going to be four months old when he takes his first flight. So that's a good start. Four or five months old. Which actually is a pretty good time to fly. Because they're like, what is it? Um, they're not... Uh, annoying enough yet um, and uh, and or still uh, and then they also sleep quite a bit so it's like you can figure it out pretty well anyway so that's that that's why he's going to travel that's it <laughs> oh man that was a lot let me move this mic there we go. that was a lot wasn't it 55 minutes okay I should be I uh, should be wrapping up soon because it's, as I said, uh, his month day? No, birth month, no. <laughs> month of a... S how do we say that in English? 
Anniversary. M- month anniversary. Yeah, but Annie doesn't, that's not how we say the word year. So uh, if we say per annum, we say per, per, what's the, what's the month version of per annum? Is it just per month? Anyway, <laughs> uh, let's get on to some, uh, some questions and feedback and uh, comments and whatnot. Uh, let's have a look what we got. Okay. This one is from, that's right, we're back. This one is from Man Man. Man. Um, let's see. Uh, I did answer this, but I wanted to uh, answer it on the show just in case other people, I can't remember what it is yet, I, I need to read it again, but just in case other people were interested, let's see. Uh, he says, got goosebumps and butterflies in my stomach, never thought you were coming back. Man, <laughs> man, man, man. Love to hear that. Uh, congratulations on little Lucas. Thank you very much. What a gem. Enjoy fatherhood. I will. Uh, I'll be joining you in March next year. Let's all hear it for man, man, man. That's amazing news. Congratulations. That's amazing. Uh, can't wait. Once I get out of work, my ears will be only for your podcast. Uh, P.S. I was planning listening to your Eurobike trip from the start in the near future. Man, I was planning on doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, he says, what are your thoughts on the long way up? Are you excited for it? And I said, uh, oh, I said I was also planning on the same thing. <laughs> well, that just shows that it's true then, because I've said it then, I've forgotten I've said it, and then I've just said it now. Um, I said, also, do you mind if I answer your question on the show next week? Um, he says, I'm super excited to see Charlie and Ewan on the bikes again. Be interesting to see how the electric bikes go too. Yes. Okay, so for you bike fans and for you travel fans, um, on Apple Plus something... I think it's just Apple Plus, Apple TV Plus, that's it. Uh, the Long Way Up, right? So it's the third, I want to say third season of what was originally The Long Way Down and then The Long Way Something, not through, across, there, to, across. I want to say across, up. No, up is this one. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's the third one. And it's Ewan McGregor, uh, otherwise known as... Obi-Wan Kenobi. Sorry, I was looking out the window again. Uh, there was no... <laughs> Let me take a drink. Obi-Wan Kenobi <clears throat> and bloke from Trainspotting. You know Ewan McGregor, don't you? Uh, him and Charlie Borman, who's, I guess, his mate. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen him. Uh, they're going to go from the south of South America uh, up to Los Angeles, and which is, I mean, that's a fun ride. And they're going to do it on not just electric bikes, but the new electric Harley Davidson bikes. That's right. Uh, the Livewire, which is also a Motley Crue song. Uh, so they're going to do that. And I believe it's probably on about now, actually. What is it? 20th? It'll be 21st when this is live. So I think it's out now. I might watch that today, actually. Uh, so yeah, everyone should check that out. Uh, what do I think about it? I, I can't wait to watch it. I might watch it today. Yeah. I mean, it's got everything I, that I like. Travel, motorbikes, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Harley Davidson's. Interesting about the electric bikes. I want to see how that goes. But yeah, it looks like it's going to be incredibly interesting. So let's all watch that. And then we can all talk about it as we do the podcast. Yes, yeah, sound good? Uh, but yeah, great call, man. I'm excited for it. Okay. Next is from Arjun. Don't have a last name, unfortunately. Um, hey, Lee. Hello. Listening to your newest episode right now, it feels like catching up with an old friend. Many congratulations to you and Kat on the baby. Well, thank you very much, man. It feels like I'm talking to... It, feel, 
it's weird. It feels like I'm talking to old friends as well, but it also feels like, um, I don't know, it's weird. Imagine if you had a, like a, a box and inside that box was, or a cupboard or a door, a portal. We're going back to portals. And every time you stick your head in through that portal, there's like a bunch of people there. And then you come out of the portal, <laughs> you close the door. It's like that. I feel like I've opened the door again and you guys are just all there. You know, <laughs> like you just haven't moved. It's crazy. And that sounds derogatory. It's not. I know you guys have moved and you're living your own lives. And I am but one person. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a weird feeling. It's a weird feeling, but I love it. I love that you're all there. So thank you again. Okay. <clears throat> this is from Stanley. Good old Stan. Uh, he says, questions. Firstly, how are you? You sound happy. Uh, and it's good to hear your ramblings again. Uh, so firstly, I am happy. Uh, yeah, chilling. Everything is good. We've got plans for travel. And I have a new child and he's great. And things are very good. Uh, I'm listening to you on a train to Darlington. Grim, he says in his words. I don't disagree. Uh, you hit on something in your latest episode that describes my need for freedom, but not total freedom. Interesting. I have my life at home in Sheffield. I'm not going to do this all in a Sheffield accent. Uh, with my wife and our dog, Ron. Brilliant name for a dog. Uh, it's rad and I love it, but I absolutely need that two, maybe three weeks away on the bike or just being in a new place. Yes, man, I'm 100% on board with that. Uh, I usually go to Europe on my own, stay in hostels or camp. Yes, uh, I'm a big fan of meeting new people and exploring new places with strangers, otherwise known as new friends. He, he puts in brackets, new friends. Um, this year's trip was cancelled due to the whole global pandemic thing. This is turning into a ramble and not really a question, but I'll figure one out by the time I stop typing. The powers of my ADHD and getting distracted. Oh, a massive rabbit. Maybe it's a hare. <laughs> the ears, man. Look at the ears. Yeah, I grew up in the country. Uh, anyway, I was looking for escape slash adventures I can do locally and came across a book called Micro Adventures by Alistair Humphreys. Interesting. And it's awesome. Gives great ideas on things you can do for that freedom feeling, if only for one night, such as wild camp in your local woods. And it's totally working for me. Man, that is a really, really good idea. That book again was Micro Adventures by Alistair Humphreys. That's a really good idea because that's so true. I've, I think I've said it before. You don't need to go out to uh, Bombay to... Is it still... No, it's Mumbai, isn't it? I've said Bombay this entire... <laughs> They changed it, what, in the 90s or the 80s or something? No, it was a bit late, wasn't it? Anyway, um, <laughs> 70s. When did they change it to Mumbai? I don't know. Um, see, I would probably know that if I'd been there. <sighs> uh, what was I saying? Uh, yeah, you don't have to go there in order to have an adventure. And you don't have to go for a year. Like you say, it could just be a, a, a day in your local woods. That could be a total adventure because adventure is all about, like I say, you go into that portal and it's the portal of different scenarios. If you go into the woods, you know what you're sure to find? Different scenarios. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Um, gives great ideas and things to do. That, uh, oh, wait, did I do Oh, there we go. Uh, ah, question. It's here, he says. Uh, do you have any ideas or experiences of local travel and or local adventures you've had, and do you think it's valuable? Uh, also, and we'll go into the also, um, Hmm. It's tough because you've got to define adventure, you know? Uh, so, I've, okay. So I've been camping, uh, I've been camp. 
Been camping with my family when I was a kid a bunch. We did that a lot, right? But what's the one camping trip when I was a kid that sticks out in my mind? Now, the one camping trip yada, 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 is, <laughs> uh, is when me and my mate, uh, we, uh, where were we? It's, it's kind of a little bit hazy, but um, we went to uh, some land that I think his granddad owned or something. I, again, I grew up in the country. Uh, and we had some guns. Uh, <laughs> this isn't a confession. His granddad was sleeping. No. Um, <laughs> uh, we had some guns, and I think... I want to say that we were potentially hunting rabbits. Now, this is obviously... Now, I know uh, animal lovers amongst you are, are, are thinking, what? Hunting rabbits? Uh, two things. I grew up in the country. That's what we do. <laughs> I'm obviously joking. That goes against the entire culture thing I was saying before. Um, but secondly, uh, I think my years of veganism afterwards, I think I've made up for it. Also, we didn't even kill any rabbits. <laughs> so it's fine. Right, anyway. Uh, but it's something that happened and, and I don't want to just not say it because that's not what I do. Right, uh, so I think we did that. And then, no, it was three of us. It was me, Bassett and Swigs. Uh, yeah, so... Um, <laughs> Uh, so we went camping there and it was December and I think it was just starting to snow and we thought it'd be a good idea to camp and it was absolutely horrible. Uh, and uh, why are we hunting rabbits in December? Uh, yeah, and uh, and I remember us having to huddle together for warmth and then swear ourselves to secrecy. <laughs> so sorry, uh, Bassett and Swigs. The word's out. That's right. One day in December, when we were about 11 years old, we huddled together for warmth. That's right. Everyone knows it. Uh, so yeah, that's the one that, that sticks out to me because that's way more of an adventure than going to a, a campground, you know? So, and, and what's the ingredients of that being an adventure? Something going wrong, you know, something that's different to the norms. That's all adventure is, man. So uh, as for ideas, I think camping is a big one on that because it brings so many of those scenarios. What do you cook? You know, there's no, it takes you out of everything. It takes you out of your kitchen. You know, what do you cook with? Fire. How do you make fire? Like what, electricity? Like all of the things, it takes you out of all of that. That's why camping is so good. So I just recommend camping, man. Um, he then says, uh, I do think it's valuable, by the way. Uh, also, with you now having a family of your own, what lessons slash wisdoms uh, have you learned from traveling that you will teach or use with your family? Hope that makes sense. Uh, I have now arrived in Darlington. Bye for now. <laughs> Um, so what lessons and wisdoms have you learned from traveling that you will teach or use with your family? Oh, great question, man. Great question. Uh, something, something that I don't think I got from travel, but I think I got from my family, which I think is mostly a good thing, but also can get not good. Um, which is, I have this thing, I think it is from my family, man. I have this thing of, um, sometimes things are difficult and that's how it is, you know? Like, <clears throat> like there's a lot of people, I would say there's a lot of people that, uh, I don't know where I'm getting this from, but I feel like there's a lot of people that when things get difficult, they either think of a way to make it easier, which is fine. Um, but I don't know. I feel like people get stressed and then go, okay, I need, I can't do this. You know, this is, this is difficult. Therefore, I can't do it. And I think a thing with my family, and I think a thing that does come from travel is sometimes things are difficult and that's fine. 
you know? Like, struggling is okay, you know? You don't have to be comfortable. That's definitely something I get from travel, you know? Um, if something isn't easy or if something is difficult, that doesn't mean it's not worth doing. It often means the opposite. That's definitely something you get from travel that I will be using for my family, you know? Like, and uh, I can see it, I can see it becoming bad in, in a, like a parenting, parenting style or something. But like, yeah, if something's difficult, then it's just difficult. And that's just how it is. It doesn't mean you stop, you know, it doesn't mean you give up. That's just how it is. Like, are you not strong enough? If you're not strong enough for it, then get stronger, then do it, <laughs> you know? But more likely than not, you are strong enough to do it. And this is something that, that travel, again, will teach because you can see the strength of people. When you see people in dire straits, when you see people in circumstances a lot worse than your own, you see the true strength of humans, you know? Like, uh, I don't know, like uh, cold. If I'm below 10 degrees, after 10 seconds, I'm like, okay, I've got to get out of here. I hate this. I can't deal with this, you know? Um, when it comes to cold, I change my whole... <laughs> So I, said, I can't deal with this. But then go to um, wherever, go to Alaska and there's people living in those conditions uh, all year round, North Alaska, you know, <laughs> and they're just living it. And you see, oh, okay, this is what we, real strength in the cold looks like, you know. So you probably are strong enough to do it, you know, and sometimes things are difficult and that's fine. That's the main thing, I think, you know. Uh, well, no, there's a lot more, actually. What was the question again? Um uh, lessons and wisdoms um oh man there's a lot man it's you know when you know it's like the um it's like the sky tv uh problem you know you remember when we had five channels i remember when channel five came out i'm sure i said that before um best use of the spice girls uh <laughs> there were five channels there was always something to watch you know you'd flick on channel four and you'd get a bit of red dwarf you know or you'd get a, a little bit of trigger happy tv <clears throat> You go to channel five about weirdly five minutes past 11 every or 35 minutes past 11 every time. There was always a softcore um, dirty movie. You know, you, there's always something to watch. <laughs> BBC, you know, you're a, a top gear. Anyway, uh, <laughs> a bit of gladiators. Uh, <laughs> so, but then you get to, you get, you suddenly get Sky TV. We never had Sky TV. We were never, we were never, uh, we were always too working class for Sky TV. Even though now, uh, no, after that bit, uh, Sky TV became a staple of the working class. Anyway, um, <laughs> but then you get Sky TV and you go, well, that, that's cable for Americans. You go, well, there's so much on that now there's nothing to watch, you know? And you end up just throwing it all out and getting yourself a radio. Uh, so <laughs> what was the point? Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's so, many, there's so many lessons that I want to instill. A lot of them have actually come from this, uh, this episode. Or come into this episode. So there's so many that it's very hard to choose, and it's very hard to think of any. Actually, it's like when you when you Apple Music ruined that for me. You've got your bunch of CDs, you know, or you've got your your music that you've downloaded illegally, and you've you know put all the artwork on it and stuff in your iTunes when it used to be iTunes. But then Apple Music came across. Hey, by the way, now you can listen to any song ever. And then you go, okay, well now I have no idea what I want to listen to. Anyway, so there we go. Thank you for that, those questions. I'm sorry for not answering them. <laughs> Uh, this one, this is just a quickie from Jenny, Jenny Coopersmith. Uh, and uh, she said, because we were saying about, uh, what were we saying about apps last week? 
And we were saying about flying. I said, does anyone still use Skyscanner? Is that still the way? Because I haven't flied in ages. Flied? I haven't flied in ages. I haven't flied in ages. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, yeah she says and this is a good idea use something like Skyscanner or Google Flights or anything like that Uh, and then uh, go to their website uh, whoever gets so you go on there and you go okay the best deal seems to be with KLM or whatever or uh, British Airways and then you don't order from there you go to their website and get it from there I can't believe I didn't think about this uh, she, gets, she says, otherwise, if your flight is cancelled, you'll get nothing from all those subsidiaries. <sighs> Which is so true. I don't know why I didn't think about that. It's like, yeah, no, book direct with them. And try and book with a credit card as well. Like, do everything you can. Because flights might get cancelled. That's such a good call. Such a good call. Um, yeah, and and if you do the miles thing as well. I know my miles are with uh, British Airways. And, like, if I book direct with them, then I get, like, three for one or something like that. So that is... Genius. So everyone, please say thank you to Jenny. Thank you, Jenny. Jenny. Um, final two. Uh, <clears throat> this is from Alan, 87B. Just listen to the podcast. Glad you're back at it. Thank you, man. Glad to be back at it. Uh, it sounded like you were questioning if it's still a travel podcast. Uh, just wanted to say your life was travel. So a podcast about your life is not a real change of theme. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I haven't travelled much since I met my girlfriend, but I don't think who I am as a person changed. Yeah, man, that's true. Like, if we think about the Joe Rogan podcast, even though this this episode was very travel-focused, and I do want to focus on travel a bit more, you know, because I don't want to lose that part of me. It's less about the podcast and more about me. But if we think about um, if we think about Joe Rogan, yeah, he doesn't, like, it's not an MMA podcast, you know, uh, but he does talk about MMA an awful lot. It's not a podcast about stand-up comedy, but he does talk about stand-up comedy a lot, and that's when I turn off. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. That you're, you're, very, you're very right there. You're very right there. So thank you. Uh, this next one is from Jose Lopez. He says, questions. This is the final one, by the way. Uh, how is living abroad and dealing with the COVID-19, that's the first mention of it that I have mentioned, uh, stuff, I'll uh, censor that, and a newborn. Uh, everything is part of your backpacking story. Just keep talking and rambling as usual. <laughs> will do, will do. Okay, how is living abroad? Uh, I don't really feel like I'm abroad because I live here. Do you know what I mean? Bit weird, but uh, yeah. And dealing with the COVID-19 stuff and a newborn. Um, about the same. Um, there's really no difference i mean you don't spend a lot of day a lot of time outdoors with a newborn anyway um especially with the, the blazing sun down here in brazil uh but yeah it's fine like <laughs> there's it hasn't really affected my life a lot <laughs> should we say uh, so as i said uh i was recently on a um on an episode of a podcast uh called Travel, oh, there's, uh, I'll see exactly what it's called, actually, because I don't want to misquote it. But I know, I know all of the words, I just don't know which order they're in. Uh, so let me just check. Work, Bluetooth keyboard, there we go. Right, it's, I think it's El Cafecito uh, Travel Talks. But it might be Travel Talks. Yeah, no, that is it. So L as in the, uh, Cafecito as in small cafe, uh, travel talks. That's 
four words. And it's by Tony Lloyd. And I was recently on that. Uh, it's not, uh, it depends when you listen to this, but it's, it's not live yet as of now, uh, but it will be as of next week. Uh, so, it, yeah, if you listen to this in the future, it's probably live. Go listen to El Cafecito Travel Talks, and I'll be talking about that next week as well, just to um, get people to go over there. Because, uh, like, this guy is amazing. Tony is one of the most interesting. I've talked to a lot of people. You guys know. I've talked to a lot of people. I've talked to a lot of travelers, you know. This is one of the most interesting people with one of the most interesting stories I've uh, I've heard. And he gets stories from other people as well. And, yeah, just go check it out, El Cafecito Travel Talks. Uh, but, yeah. Thank you very much for listening for, uh, to this incredibly long one minute 20. I mean, hour, one hour 20. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go enjoy my son's whatever the hell you call it. Month, m- month, per, per. Oh, I've got a computer here. Oh, it's an iPad, but same thing. All right, we'll find this out. Uh, and um, I don't what would I search? And um, no, no, no. Um, per annum per month. I want to find out what the what the month version of per annum is. It's just is it just per month? Uh, per annum yeah, means annually or each year when it comes to yada yada yada. No, we're not going to get it, are we? Because then if I get if I can get that, then I can find out what the English word for Ms. Vasario is. His month day, no birth month, birth birth birth. No. <laughs> All right, sound. Um, I will speak to you guys. Uh, I'm I'm so bad at saying bye. Uh, But oh yeah, Uh, any questions? Please send me questions. I do enjoy uh, I do enjoy answering them, Uh, and also any episode ideas. I've got quite a few uh, noted down. Uh, But if you guys want to hear about something, let me know. You know, I'll talk about anything. If you want to hear anything about me, that's fine as well. If you want to hear anything about anything, travel, obviously, that's fine. Digital nomadism. That's fine. Minimalism. I do a lot of minimalism. Anyway, let me know. Instagram at Backpack Digital. And I'm doing a lot of stories there. It's mostly us playing Magic the Gathering. Uh, but yeah, and oh, in fact, you should all go to Instagram at Backpack Digital and go see a video that's on my feed wall. What do you call it? Checkerboard? My bit. Go to my bit, and um, and there's a video of Lucas saying hello to everyone. He's not. He's obviously not really saying hello. He's two months old, but he says hello. <laughs> so go check that out. It's great. I can't stop watching it. <laughs> anyway, nice talking to you all, and I will speak to you all next week. <laughs>